Hi everyone, and welcome to Your Sales MBA, the podcast where Jeff Hoffman and Cece Apero answer your most challenging sales and management questions. Let's dive into this week's email and topic. Have you ever had a prospect agree to a meeting and then not show up? Have you considered sending your prospect a breakup email to guilt them into getting on the phone with you? Do you find that you're constantly chasing your prospects? Jeff and Cece break down the rules of following up missed calls and how to maintain your social value in front of your prospects. Your sales MBA starts now. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Hello, and welcome to Your Sales MBA, the podcast where we answer all of your sales questions. My name is Cece Aparo, and Jeff Hoffman is here as well, as always. Jeff, how are we? We're great. We're great. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. It's officially summer, which is nice. It is. I know we stack some of these. Sometimes we'll, this might shock everyone, but we actually record a handful of these at a time given our <laughs> travel schedules. But my guess is this is still going to come out in June because it's early June when we're recording this. And oh my God, it feels so good. Have summer back. Yeah. Definitely feels good. This is a big week for you. It is. Your all, son is uh, graduating. First is my mother's 75th birthday. Hi, mom. Happy birthday. <laughs> Chance of her hearing this podcast is truly zero. But if she does, <laughs> kind of spiritually hear it. And I'll say to her in person this week. And also my youngest friend graduates junior high school this week too. So it's just a really fun family week, kind of getting the summer ready to go and kicked off. So just all good stuff. I'm off the road for a couple of weeks. So couldn't be in a better mood. I love it. Couldn't be in a better mood to do this podcast. Well, I can't wait to hear what you got for us. What do you got? That is great news because we have some really good ones this week. Now that everyone knows our dirty little secret that we stack some of these recordings, today <laughs> is a good. This is a good group of emails that we receive. So I'm going to jump in because Melissa sent us one, and I think this is one of those questions that I know I hear all the time in trainings, and I'm sure you do too. So let's jump right in. All right. She says this, she said, hi, Cece and Jeff. Thanks so much for a great training yesterday. You're welcome, Melissa. Really looking forward to putting those techniques into practice next week. Thought of a question for you. I have a prospect who agreed to a meeting, didn't show, and won't respond to a reschedule. I've never heard this before. Just kidding. (laughs) I've reached out to reschedule once. Do you have any rules on how long to try before I move on? This is Melissa who wrote this in? This is Melissa. Melissa, you're going to hate my answer. You've already overshot. My maximum is zero. So you did one. So that's more than I do. And I don't mean to be flipped with that answer because I'm going to give you a little more detail on this too. But no, I don't. If someone misses first, I'll tell you what I would do during the missed meeting. That's more important than what you do after. But I don't. I don't for a very, very simple reason. Something we've touched on on some podcasts. We'll continue to do this. A big part of our training is on this topic, this idea of social value. Social value is... Independent of selling or really what we do for a living, social value loosely defined is how we're perceived by the people we engage with. It's a perception. And the idea behind it is people with high levels of quote unquote social value, people perceive them to be very popular, literally meaning popular, like lots of people know them and they're very busy and they're high in demand. And when they're not around, their world knows it, that kind of thing. And if you are perceived to have low social value, then the perception is that you are not as popular. You don't know as many people. You're not in demand the way others are. And if you are absent, it might not be as noticeable as others. Now, these are perceptions. They're not realities. But the perception of social value, particularly in the role 
of any relationship where you have a, let's call it subservient role in the relationship, social value is a critical component. What do we mean by subservient relationship? Well, think about typical relationships, not friend-friend, but think about something like an employer-employee. The boss inherently has more power than the employer, employee. The teacher has more power than the student. The doctor has more power than the patient. Now, these are built in, into the relationship. But the student can have higher social value than their teacher. The employee can have higher social value than their boss. The patient can have higher social value than their doctor. And if those are true, if those folks in the lower position can, can maintain and establish high levels of social value, it evens the playing field. And there's no place where this is more obvious than in buyer-seller. The buyer has all the power in the relationship, has all the authority. So how are we going to catch up? How are we going to establish any peer relationship? The answer, social value. Now, don't take this the wrong way, Melissa, because I have calls that get blown off as well. This is a truth to anyone who sells. But the reason why you did that meeting was canceled abruptly or no-show and the person did not respond to you is not because they were rude and not because they were trying to play a power game with you. The truth is they probably didn't give it a second thought. They probably didn't have you, Melissa, in their hearts and minds to a degree where they felt obligated to tell you, hey, I got to move this meeting. And that means in their perception, your social value wasn't very high. You didn't probably do anything to deserve that. The perception's on them. But unfortunately, that's probably what happened. And subsequent attempts to find them only put more gas on the fire of having that social value be as low as it is. The chasing of that prospect indicates that not only was this meeting more important to you than them because they blew it off, but the desire to reschedule is more important to you than them. And all of those things add up to the customer not only having the power by being the buyer, but also having higher social value. So how are we going to fix this? Now, with the deal that you're talking about, I don't have a lot of great answers for you. Generally, when things like that happen to me, I just retire that contact in my CRM or in my notes. I continue to pursue the opportunity without that contact or I let the whole deal just kind of sit for a few months and then revisit it. What I will never do ever is make reference to that failed episode. I will let them do it. I'm only going to bring it up if they do. But it's not a great answer on this one. But let's talk about the future ones. Wait, Jeff, before we yeah. go there, let's talk Please. about that reference to the failure because that's huge. And yeah. we do it all the time at every stage of the sales cell. But we talked about this before. I have a strong belief that people want to work with winners, not losers. Yep. Always. I've always believed that. People want to be around winners, period. And so always by true. referencing every single time we fail, be that to get in touch with them, have them no show to a meeting, whatever the situation might be, we're inadvertently painting ourselves as losers. And it's detrimental to the sale and it's detrimental to us. And the achievement of our quota. I yeah. strongly believe that. I think it's important you know, to call that. Take it to the necessary 10th degree. If this person, Melissa, doesn't want to talk to you and doesn't want to talk to your organization, there is no trick that you're going to be able to sprinkle some kind of magic dust you could sprinkle on this guy's head and make you get that meeting again. It's over. But if this was just an oversight or a mistake or just kind of missed the email or personal things happen and you just some things fell for this guy and this was one of them. 
your best attitude would be to not bring it up because if he's a normal person, he's going to feel bad about his behavior, kind of rude. So why not reach out to him in a month or two as if you were completely obtuse to the idea that he was rude to you two months prior, trying to schedule a new meeting two months from now, let him off the hook. Because if our purpose is to make people feel bad or guilty, we can easily do that. I don't have a lot of commission checks that have come to me because I made a customer <laughs> feel guilty. I believe in giving people exit ramps. Or another way of saying it is this. Do you want to be right or do you want to win? Right. I don't need to be right with my customers. I just need them to buy stuff. So I want to make it easy to come to Jeff, not hard to come to Jeff. So I'm not going to be sticking a lot of, hey, I didn't hear back from you. I hope everything's okay. I'm still wanting to talk to you if you want to reschedule. I'm not going to do those things because it's too desperate and needy. I'd rather just leave the door open so when I approach in a couple months, I literally will pretend it never happened. And sometimes I have prospects who enjoy pretending this idea that it never happened, which is weird, <laughs> but we can do it. I've had other customers that have said, oh, hey, Jeff, by the way, I owe you an apology. I think we had a meeting scheduled last month. And then I get to say, oh, yeah, we did. What happened? Now I'm not accusing them. I'm not making them feel guilty. And our peer relationship stays firm. Every time you chase a customer, that is not persistence. Chasing people is not persistence. Persistence is consistently asking for what you want as a sales rep. That's persistence. You leaving 50 voicemails is not persistent. It's pestering. There's a big difference. Let's get that on a T-shirt. <laughs> All right. So what do we do in the moment, Jeff, when that yes. person no shows you? Okay. So in the moment, it's a little different. And whether it's live or on the phone, it doesn't matter to me. If I am on the phone on a conference bridge and it goes past five or 10 minutes, I will, if it's a conference bridge or something like that, I will then leave a voicemail for my contact saying I'm still available for the next 20 minutes. If you want to close, it was a half an hour, you're 10 minutes in. I might say on the conference bridge, oh, hi, CC. I didn't hear you on the conference bridge. If you are free in the next 20 minutes, I still have it open. You can call me at my cell phone, blah, 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 blah. While I wait for you to call me, I'm going to call some other folks in your organization since I've already devoted a half an hour to talking to your company. So you want to make it really clear whether or not you show up, Mr. Prospect, I'm selling to your company, not you. So if you don't show up, that's not enough for me to leave. When I'm actually on site, it's even more powerful. I've gone into meetings where I went in and I went to reception and the receptionist called my contact only to be flustered five minutes later when she says to me, I don't know where he is, which instead of me saying, I'll wait or I'll leave a note, I say, that's okay. I got 25 more minutes. Who else can I talk to? And what's shocking is how quickly they'll help you because it's so embarrassing to them that their colleague kind of no-showed this meeting. And I guarantee who they're going to send down to the lobby to meet you in this episode, because it happens to me, you're going to wind up meeting the dude's boss. Because that's the only logical person they would send down. And they'd be embarrassed and they would be apologetic because you're in that host guest paradigm, you're at their office. And you say, I'm sorry, I don't know where Barry had to go home early. He had an emergency. To which you reply, got it. I understand. I'm here for another 20 minutes, though. Who on his team can I talk to? And watch that boss say, why don't you just talk to me? And just like that, you just elevated your opportunity because the guy blew off a meeting. If you are self-confident, if you're not worried about turbulence, and you consistently ask for what you want, then things like making people feel guilty or being too pestering don't ever show up. It's such a strong way to handle that moment. It truly is. Are you a rep who's struggling to get prospects to call you back? Wondering why no one is replying to your emails? 
or how to overcome those early objections like, we're all set. Do you understand the art of negotiation and how to close your prospect on your first call? Or are you a new manager who has no idea what's going on or how to manage a new team of reps? We at Hoffman are here to help. Our workshop offerings give you the tools and tactics you need to fill your pipeline. With over 30 years of success, Hoffman workshops are designed for reps like you who are looking to up their game with techniques that transform results and actually work. In this interactive workshop, you will unlearn the mistakes we mindlessly repeat and learn to speak a new language that will dramatically change the way you connect with prospects and customers on every call and email. Send us an email at workshops at sellhoffman.com or visit our website to get more information and see what city we're going to be in next. Happy selling, everyone. And people listening, we talk about this, like I said, in training, and hands start flying up for me, Jeff. I don't know if this happens to you, but it happens to me all the time. They're like, I would never do that. Why would I walk away from that meeting and let that person off the hook? A lot of what we say is contrarian, but it's contrarian. And we talk about this. It's not to be funny or different. It's because it's really what works. And it's such a strong and confident and assertive approach to selling. And it's different from what they're used to. How many times has your prospect notion a meeting and they've received emails for the next four days from that sales rep <laughs> just trying to check in with them? Hey, yeah. no, we didn't have it. Sorry, we didn't connect. And they're apologizing for that right. person. Sorry, that's going we didn't connect. Or I hope everything's all right. Liar. That's not why you're emailing because you hope everything's all right. You're emailing to make the guy feel bad to get another meeting. It's all so passive aggressive. It's passive aggressive and it's lying. What's the number one complaint of salespeople? We lie. So stop mm-hmm. lying. I'm not happy nor unhappy until I leave this building. The fact that Jerry isn't here at two o'clock, well, I'm here at two o'clock, and this building is filled with people. If I talk to someone in the next 20 minutes, it's not a waste of my day anymore. But if I leave at 210 with my tail between my legs and chasing them around with a bunch of emails, not to mention the fact that I'm burning the half hour that I'd already scheduled, well, that's weak, and that's not strong sales behavior. The idea is this. If someone screws up and they hand you a bag of crap, hand it back to them. There's no reason <laughs> to hold on to someone else's garbage. They were late. They missed the meeting. This becomes their problem to fix, not mine. Right. This works in every aspect of your life, people. I got to tell you. This is one of those techniques that it doesn't just work in our day-to-day job. This works everywhere. People... Yeah. Don't respond to your text messages. Don't call you back. You're dating. Listen to this and take <laughs> some of this to heart because that's how I got my husband. I went through Jeff's training and four <laughs> years later, here we are. <laughs> that's the funny. truth, though. That's the good. truth. That's good. All right. Well, I hope, Melissa, that you find this to be helpful. Maybe it wasn't the answer that you were looking for, but now moving forward, you'll know exactly what to do every time someone no-shows the meeting because this is part of what happens in our world as salespeople. It's inevitable. It's going to happen again. And now you have a way to deal with it. All right. What's that one thing they're going to do right now? One thing they're going to do right now is we're going to remove the word when from our question when we close for meetings. You're going to get rid of it. You're going to stop asking for meetings with a when and start asking for meetings with a what. If you start with the word what, your close will sound better. When you say when, when you're free to meet, well, here comes the game of tennis we're about to start. Because you're going to say next week. And I'm going to say, how's Wednesday? You say Wednesday's shitty. And I'll say, how's Thursday? 
Because Thursday morning is good. So well, I can't do Thursday morning. And just it gets worse and worse with every hit of that tennis ball. So you change it to what? Hey, what's the easiest way for us to get together for 30 minutes this week? And then shut up and let them come up with the day and time. And the day and time doesn't work, then you offer up an alternative. But don't start giving people choices on times before they've even looked at their calendar. When you say to a customer, hey, I'll be in your neighborhood, how's 2 o'clock or 3 o'clock on Wednesday? That just sounds pathetic. It sounds like I'm going to go to downtown Chicago and what? Backfill my day with lousy meetings? See, when you say to someone, I'll be in your neighborhood, what you're saying is, I've already scheduled a meeting I really like, and I'm just trying to fill up the rest of my afternoon. That's not a very compelling reason to take a meeting. I could care less if a sales rep's in my neighborhood or not when it comes to scheduling. So just change it to a what? And I think you'll still be pleasant, you'll still be considerate, and you'll still be nice. You'll have that social value that's so important to us. This this episode of the podcast, all about social value. Keep it high, people, and happy selling. That's right, happy selling. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Your Sales MBA. Remember to send us your sales questions at podcast at sellhoffman.com, or you can even tweet us at Your Sales MBA Pod. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you can be the first ones to get Jeff and Cece's expert sales tips delivered right to your earbuds every week. Happy selling, everyone.